0: and welcome to coffee break on deep program with Carrie Smith. Apologies for the technical difficulties at the beginning. My guest co-host today is Greg Wilson and he's having some trouble on his end. So we're just going to start and he's going to join us. But I thank you guys for being here today. If it is your first time, this is a new channel. So hit subscribe, do the things. If you like it, you can share it. Um, we also have a locals that we are going to start using a lot more. And coming up soon, if you missed it, um, we are gonna be doing, cause a lot of us read this book and did not get to discuss it recently. So if you would like to join our book club, we're gonna be doing it on Locals and we're gonna be reading The Real Anthony Fauci. My husband uh, is excited about this one too. And we'll be announcing a date soon for that one. But you can go to Locals. If you're already a subscriber on the Subscribestar or the Patreon, just send us a note there and we'll add you to the locals. You don't have to be a subscriber twice. So, um, thank you guys for being here. I, uh, I have, there's something I want to talk about with Greg, but I think we can go ahead and get it queued up for today. Um, Cole, can you pull up the first Chris Rufo tweet? Let's see, or maybe I can do it. Um, I don't know if you guys saw this, but this came out this week. Christopher Rufo, who's done a lot of stuff about critical race theory, he's been exposing a lot of the social justice stuff that we see in schools, um, is now talking about, I would say, some of the gender theory stuff that's happening with social justice. So this isn't just this isn't just about race. Sometimes I think people get confused and they think, well, this is, you know, what do these two topics have to do with each other? And they're sort of, under the umbrella of one ideology. So it's not surprising to me to see him talking about something other than critical race theory. So this first tweet, if you're just listening, he says, these women are running a sexy summer camp for children in rural Kentucky with lessons on sex liberation, gender exploration, BDSM, being a sex worker, self-managed abortions and sexual activity while using illicit drugs. Um, can you pull up one of these bios Cole? I just want to read through some of these. There's a couple of these women who have, let's see if we can make this a little bit bigger. They have openly said that they are witches, which I'm not picking on any witches here. I know there are some people who, who are into the Wiccan and I'm not picking on you. Um, I just think that there's something a little interesting about the fact that they're pushing a kind of a spirituality along with this stuff. Um, can you make that a little bit bigger so we can read her bio? Tanya Turner. Hi pirate. Let's see. Just bear with us. One second. Sorry guys. I can pull it up on mine. Okay. So Tanya Turner. Tanya is a femme fat, queer, magical pleasure worker, educator, and artist. She was raised in rural Kentucky by a host of witchy women. There's Greg. Come on in, Greg. Hi, Greg. Welcome to the stream. Hello.
1: (laughs) <laughs> sorry about that
0: <laughs> that's <laughs> I okay
1: a, i got a work call right as we were about to start
0: no that's fine i'm glad you're here i'm just I'm starting tiger for this it's everything's tiger's fault i've been blaming him a lot lately
1: It's a real um jerk.
0: i just started with the sexy summer camp stuff because i think this is simultaneously some of the most disturbing stuff that i saw this week but also kind of hilarious like a lot of these things i feel like we need to make fun of it you know So this is one of the women that's running this sexy summer sex ed camp for kids. And uh, she's got a whole list of things in her bio up top, just so you know about her. She is femme, fat, queer, magical pleasure worker, educator, and artist. She was raised in rural Kentucky by a host of witchy women alongside sisters and cousins, a coven-like mountain matriarchy, if you will, on Stony Fork. Her craft tools are candles, crystals, oils, plants, music, sex toys, tarot, the moon, and instincts of a triple water sign, cancer sun, Scorpio moon, and rising. In 2012, Tanya started this Appalachian sex ed collective called Sexy Sex Ed and co-founded the party podcast known as Trillbillies in 2017. With over a decade of rural organizing practice towards healing, abolition, and liberation, she fantasizes about a whole other world. Tanya lives high on a Kentucky mountaintop with lots of plants, a steamy hot tub, and several furry familiars. You can join her coven here. Have you seen well, this? I,
1: I do have to say, though, um, I, have, I, too, have been called a magical pleasure worker. So <laughs> that I- doesn't bother me.
0: That's not the bothersome part. Yeah.
1: <laughs> no. Um yeah, it, it, I thought this was satire. For really? A, a good bit because it every it hits every single mark of like crazy that you would uh stereotype with.
0: Yeah. What do you make of the I was saying before you join, I'm not trying to pick on anybody who's interested in tarot or or Wiccan or any of that. I know a lot of friends who are interested in it or have been interested in it. I was interested in it for a while. I have my own opinions about all that now, but why do you, why do you think we see so much of that sort of accepted now in some of these, these circles about sexuality and gender and, and especially sexualizing kids?
1: I mean. Giving my opinion as an idiot. Um, (laughs) I I think it's something because it it just feels rebellious. Mm -hmm. Uh, So it's the other, I think it's, and, you know, Christianity has, takes some blame, not Christianity itself, but, you know, I think it comes from like the Bible thumping, you know, the satanic panic times and stuff. And so, you know, you go back into kind of the Reagan era and during the satanic panic and I remember growing up then and you know playing Dungeons and Dragons or any of the you know board games like Hero. I remember playing like Heroes Quest Mm -hmm. and all the parents freaking out oh my god he's playing this and it's satanic and at the same time there was some guy that apparently played Dungeons and Dragons and he murdered somebody and so they blamed it on that they made some you know Lifetime movie or something at the time and got people riled up so i think there's um still a, a lasting pushback against that
0: mm-hmm.
1: even even though the the kind of the satanic panic era and the bible thumping has really gone down um but they still want to latch on to that and i think they use that as i mean you see it in movies and stuff and so it's just like oh that's cool yeah and and so it just seems like the cool edgy thing and it just like is it really though because you all do that same thing it's you know what's like the meme of like you know the all the people dress the same but they're all like goth or whatever and they're like we're rebelling we're being independent and that they're all exactly the same it's,
0: yes you know when i was uh oh yeah we, that's oh yeah here's the next yeah, one there we go when i was in college <laughs> and i was getting you know sucked into and a part of the social justice world um i think a lot of these people they get off on on outraging other well they're outraged and so they want to outrage others and so like you said i think they think of it as something that's rebellious and against the patriarchy and this you know she uses the word matriarchal in there it's a matriarchal religion and i used to have a bumper sticker i had one of those stickers that said um Something about, uh, you know. Excuse, while you're at church, I'll be busy practicing lesbianism and witchcraft. <laughs> it was some kind of bumper sticker like that, and I wasn't even a lesbian. Yeah. I just, in that world, you kind of, you're constantly out, yeah, and you like want to outrage no. others. Yes, yeah. yes.
1: And Let's I, be, I mean, I get that ahead. to a certain extent. Um, You know, I've. I'm agnostic, but I have a huge love for Christianity in the church and stuff. I um, also have a distrust of a lot of what happens in it as well, but people, I I identify most with Christians, um, so it's not really a dig on Christianity, but there, I've had bad experiences with churches, mm-hmm. um, you know, like when I've had you know, a friend that committed suicide and instantly the church is, you know, this Baptist church is saying like always oh, going to hell and all this stuff. And Catholics, you know, believe the same thing. And I was mad. Yeah. Because nobody saw it coming. He was a you know, he was big a big guy in the church. Like he did all the youth stuff. He was like a youth leader and all this stuff. And just out of nowhere ended up shooting himself. Um and you know, it was kind of a shocker. And then to be told, like, oh, he's going to hell. I'm like, you don't know what, you know, their mental state is. You don't know what's going on. You know, people get in certain states of mind and they, you know, become narrow-minded, one track, got to do this. And there's, you know, if there's nobody there to get them out of it, bad things happen, then, you know, they don't have time to then go regret it and everything. I mean, just like when you get angry at times, yeah. Uh you say and do really stupid things that you're really embarrassed about like 20 minutes later. And so I, I mean, that really ticked me off. And I was like, well, you know, and I told these preachers like, well, if that's your version of God, then he can go after himself and I'll be happy in hell, you you know? know? And I just wanted to do everything to push back. And I think they latch onto that and then create from other people's stories. And I don't even know, if these people have had bad experiences, um, I think a lot of it is they they want to have those experiences. They haven't. They want to be a victim, and they want to have something to blame and rebel against. And that just seems like the uh, the the go to thing is obviously rebel against Christianity. And mm-hmm. uh, but I do have to say, I've summoned a few demons. I was speaking, trying to speak Scandinavian one time, and things just. Came. <laughs>
0: Are you joking? I, sometimes I can't tell.
1: (laughs) No, I just think anytime you speak like Scandinavian or something, it just sounds like you're summoning demons.
0: Sounds like, that's what it sounds like with my friends. Uh, She has an African gray parrot. And when the parrot's learning to talk, it sort of, it will hear something you've said and then it repeats it. And so... I was staying at her place once, and I was trying to teach it that song. Bird, 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 bird is the word. I said, and but it, but then you would hear it. It doesn't learn it right away. You would hear it in the other room practicing, and it sounds like Satan. It's like "Ah, bird, (laughs) (laughs) until it gets it right. (laughs) It's like
1: this (laughs) (laughs) jumble.
0: Um, Well, speaking. Speaking of sounding like Satan, I'm just kidding. Look, cause this lady, this is the second one. Now, if you're just listening to this, this is a woman who's got a couple piercings. She's got her septum piercing. This is another one of the organizers of the sexy summer camps for kids in Kentucky. Her name is Caitlin Cummings. Just going to read a little bit of her bio. Caitlin Cummings is a 23 year old radical queer mountain woman that grew up in the hollers of Vico, Kentucky. She grew up always hearing about the injustices of the world and wanting to do things to help. She is currently working on a, deg- a degree in human services where she plans to expand her sex ed work to help people understand that with proper sex ed and body love, you can heal in a lot of different ways as she has herself. She's worked with All Access EKY through Appalapa Shop, making uh, media to raise awareness about reproductive health care issues, et cetera, et cetera. So this one, she goes on about self-love. She loves her plants. She loves social justice and great food. Um, Can you pull up the next one, Cole? This is just a, I mean, I understand. Don't do it,
1: Cole. Don't do it. I've had enough.
0: (laughs) I I understand (laughs) why you thought it was a, why you thought it was satire at first. Cause it's almost making fun of like the next woman. She's wearing a shirt that says, uh, born in a something machine. I think she, I think it's something about the patriarchy, patriarchy machine society, something about Harvey Milk act up perfect. She just looks like it looks like a character.
1: Yeah. Oh, I've, I've every single one of these.
0: Yeah. She is a young. She's 18 year old, 18 year old. She's a young non-binary queer in Appalachia. Uh, She founded her school's first gender sexuality alliance.
1: Non-binary queer. So isn't that like binary?
0: (laughs) This is where those words, they start to render (laughs) words meaningless because if you're- Modernism. Non-binary queer means what? You have no gender and you and you're attracted to everyone. So why even call yourself anything? Yeah. Right? Like you're just sort of pan. Isn't then they used to call that pansexual?
1: Is that pan or Pam?
0: Pan. <laughs> pansexual. Yeah. All sexuals. All sexualities. And then I do want to hit the last one called Kristen. Kristen Uten. And, and look at the way they all at the top, when they give their bios... This is something uh, i've been talking about for a while when it comes to social justice is it's a faith but the faith is based on what identity group you're in so this is very important to them and their their entire identity is based around which of these groups they're in and the more of them that you can list the more that especially that are you know they consider marginalized groups the better that gives you higher standing so she starts her bio the same way kristen is a young fat, differently abled, queer, community organizer, and college student. Uh, so what is, is
1: their different ability? I don't, that thing always bothers, <laughs> differently
0: abled. It's because they say disabled is a pejorative now. You have to, they're trying to. It's, Except
1: people is, with actual disabilities don't label it that. Okay.
0: Yeah, True. <laughs> Wonder what, what her different differently abled abilities are. Um so, so it says uh she works as a Vista in Charleston and works with kids. Exclamation point. She has always dreamed of a space where fat folks are appreciated, normalized, and safe. So she created it. Um she's also she's worked for inclusivity, she's worked for Planned Parenthood, and she's also had to take a step back, just so you know. In the last six months to focus on health, but she's back and better than ever.
1: I, I wonder what her health problems might be. As a fat man, I can <laughs> identify with a couple of those.
0: I, actually, I wonder if they're mental health problems.
1: Well, most of it is. It's a, and after we get through with this, I'll give you some stories, but yeah. there, that's a big aspect of it, in my opinion and there's an addiction to wanting to be, wanting to have mental health issues.
0: Yeah, I think because it puts them in that class when they're, if they have the mental health issues, then look, they get to put it at the top of their bio as something else that some other marginalized group they're in. Um, Cole, can you pull up the slide from Rufo that details some of the camp schedule? Again, this is for kids, guys there's a description here over one of the things they're going to be doing Uh, Tuesday, July 6th. It's a workshop called sex with me, self pleasure workshop. So it says participants, but I'm just going to say who this is. It's kids. Kids will explore personal views on self pleasure, as well as learn techniques to make the most out of their masturbation experiences. This workshop will include discussion, games and some hands on practice. On hands. So what is
1: wasn't there somewhere like one of the like one of them that said like for all ages and like capitalized all ages?
0: Uh probably.
1: I remember seeing something because there was there was some confusion I had of like, okay, like this is right on that border of like is this a pedophilia camp? And like some of their stuff. I never saw anything that really like specified ages. Mm -hmm. Other than I think maybe like 17 or something, which is still really creepy. Um, But then one of them was like, you know, uh, I want to say put out something like all ages and put it in all caps, if I remember, right?
0: Well, there was this reminds me actually of Do you remember the uh, trans woman? the man who got megan murphy kicked off of twitter the canadian guy jessica um, Oh, yaniv somebody or yaniv yeah. yes yaniv so he's the one who he's very litigious and he would go around booking appointments at different uh spas yeah and asking for genital wax even and, and he actually encountered some religious women, I think some Muslim women and some Sikh women who that's against their religion to wax a man. Look at your kitty cat. <laughs> Hi kitty. Oh. Hi. Okay. Oh, who is that?
1: This is Chubbs.
0: Hi Chubbs.
1: My fluffers.
0: I like well, that he just appeared. Cat. Um he does. but, so, he does. but, he but so Yana there was in the news constantly because well, first he was suing these women, trying to force them to wax his genitals. And then he also, uh, was in the news because he started something similar to this, it was supposed to be, a all inclusive, uh, kids, sort of body positive, uh, summer pool party. Do you remember this? And it was for oh, all ages, yeah. nudity allowed and. That was, that made the, and, and I think he did the same thing that sort of there,
1: like he went to jail, didn't he or something?
0: Yeah, or he lost was in quarters. Recently, I'm not sure if he went to jail, but I know that he was, he, uh, faced some kind of charges and was convicted, but, but that guy reminds me of these women because they're mm-hmm. using this sort of all this sort of positive language around inclusivity and body positivity, but then marketing this to toddlers. I mean, kindergartners.
1: Oh, it's well, I mean, if you want to get and see how pervasive this is, just look at the the Florida bill that they're calling the don't say gay bill, which has nothing Mm -hmm. to do with that. And if you look at it, it's it's just about you shouldn't be teaching sexuality to from kindergarten to third graders. Yeah. And yet people are freaking out. And I was like, so either you're you're willfully ignorant or you know, don't understand this, and you're just ignorant, or you're a predator. Yeah. I mean, there. I don't understand any moral way to say, oh, kids from kindergarten to third grade should be talking about sexuality. No, they shouldn't. None of that should be in their heads at all. Now, I mean, they're probably going to get exposed to some talk of that stuff just through life, you know, mm. um, but they, they shouldn't be hearing any of that stuff, especially from school um, when you have authority figures telling you that. And so you're going to you're take that as uh, more truthful than you would just from some random person saying this stuff.
0: Yeah. I have found that the people who <clears throat> are protesting the loudest, about what they're calling the "Don't Say Gay" bill, it's exactly what you said. They don't seem to have read it. Patton Oswalt, the comedian, I asked him what part of the bill on Twitter. What part of the bill do you have a problem with? And he blocked me. Yes. Yeah, so. Um. Yeah, because he can't. I mean,
1: it's a coward. It's a it's a shame because yeah. he was a really funny guy. I used to really enjoy him, and he just yeah. He went full crazy woke and just lost his mind. It's it's a shame because I I thought he was a funny guy. Yeah. I like his voice acting work and stuff. And yeah, he was very funny. I
0: I think what's happened to him, he's a good case study of being in a a, a kind of a ocean, a a social sea, if you will, of people who have one belief system and you just go with the flow and he just Mm -hmm. has gone with the flow and where it's led him is to this really cult like place. And I sometimes wonder, is he going to be one of those people who in the future, if if this all fails and i do think it's going to fail at some point i think there's going to be a huge i don't think you can have a war with reality and and sustain it for a long period of time i think at some point there's going to be a terrible crash and i wonder if people like him will try and disassociate themselves from having been a part of it or if they're just going to do what they're what that they seem to be doing with COVID policy which is to say we they use that inclusive language we yeah. didn't know any better we did this we and lump us all in with them
1: uh, yeah it could be i i would i would go for the latter of yeah. Well, we didn't know we just thought we were doing what was best for everybody and like did you yeah. <laughs> you know yeah i mean we're all ignorant to a certain extent but this is such willful ignorance And a lot of it's malicious to just sit there and blame it on Well, we didn't know any better. It's Mm -hmm. such a cop-out and it's cowardly. Um, You know, they, they need to come out like, yeah, we put, I mean, why, why aren't you listening? I mean, there's a complete lack and I would say, you know, like a self, you know, people trying to destroy That's why they're trying to destroy individuality. They don't like free speech. Um, they they don't want people to think freely, because that makes you push up against narratives and push mm-hmm. against it. And they they want that group thing. And it's pretty uh, it's a powerful thing when you get around a bunch of people, and they're all saying one thing, even if doubt, deep down inside they're like, no, this isn't right you eventually end up agreeing with it anyway, just because you don't want to go against the mob. The grain.
0: It's that social pressure. Yeah. Um, They're speaking of social pressure. I don't want to talk anymore about sexy summer camp unless you do. I just wanted to highlight that. I know that they are getting a lot of pushback now because Chris Rifo was, was sharing a lot of their materials. And last I saw they had scrubbed their website. So I think that's a good thing
1: um well they need to be investigated um i bet you anything they were doing all sorts of stuff with minors and you know obviously that's i can't prove any of that but man writing's where, on the wall
0: where there's smoke there's fire yeah yeah
1: well
0: speaking of group think the other thing i saw this week and i think again all of this stuff is interrelated it's it's sort of social justice is is like an umbrella and underneath it there's these different avenues of ideological advancement, like different ways they're pushing this belief system that, that the best way to look at the world is as this uh, competition for power among identity groups. And so race is one way, the critical race theory stuff is one way, this gender identity stuff is the other way. And this week, a couple of days ago, it was trans. It was D trans awareness day, which I didn't know was a thing. And I think it's a, gr- a great thing to get some of these stories out. Um, mm-hmm. Cole, can you pull up this hashtag on Twitter? I just want to look through some of these. So these are girls, mostly, if you look through them that you'll, you'll notice one thing, it's mostly girls and most yeah. of them were transitioning and, and starting on uh, puberty blockers and, cross cross, uh, sex hormones in their early teens. And now in young adulthood, they're trying to come out of it. So this first yeah. girl, grace, can you make that one just a little bit larger? Let me see. My name is grace and I detransitioned. on the left. This is me shortly after top surgery in 2017. This was the darkest time in my life on the right me recently life goes on life gets better and then you can see her now um yeah. hashtag d awareness day and if you want to see some of these you guys can go to twitter and go to that hashtag and there's tons of them um can you pull up another one cole
1: yeah but they just try to tell you that these are outliers and you can't you can't go off this stuff
0: yeah it's when these girls end up detransitioning, they are not met with any applause. They're no, and it's they're... the same
1: believe all women folks. Yeah. You know, except when they go against the narrative, no.
0: When they go against the narrative, they're shunned. They're viewed as heretics. Yeah. And um, they're the
1: ones saying, No, we're doing the you should be supportive of this stuff because it's their mental health and you don't care. And I'm like, No, conservatives care and that's why they were against this from the beginning because they saw this happening. They saw what the uh the suicide rates and what happens with these people and how miserable they are and they don't want that for people. Yeah. Well, I would say most conservatives obviously are gonna have outliers that you know.
0: But I think yeah, there are definitely some outliers I've met I've met some people who I think I think there's a backlash that's growing. Hopefully it's a small backlash, but I think there's a backlash growing against trans people in, in general, because you've got so many of the trans activists now and the and the people pushing the ideology that, that they're sort of, they're becoming the face of trans people, even though trans people haven't elected them to speak for yeah. them. And I, I compare it to the way that a lot of times, I used to look at the people who sit, who claim to speak for Christians, like a lot of the mega preachers and stuff in the nineties. And I viewed those people as that's what all Christians are like. And I was totally wrong. And I think that's the case with a lot of the trans people too, is you're seeing these bad actors who are trying to be the face of trans ideology and they don't speak for trans people, but what it's doing is it's creating hopefully not a very large, but it's creating a prejudice in some people, I think against anybody who has gender dysphoria.
1: Oh yeah, yeah. absolutely. And, and it's, it's a, you know, I believe it, it's a mental condition that needs to be treated. I mean, when I was running my podcast, uh, we had him on a couple of times, uh, Dr. Oren Amate, um, really, uh, he's a psychologist. Uh, he actually, this is what he does is, uh, You know, works with like human sexuality and stuff and deals with um, people all the time with like uh, gender dysphoria and, uh, you know, rapid onset, gender dysphoria and all that, social contagion of it. And he, he regularly speaks out and he's really been shunned hard from the psych, you know, community because it's been overtaken by this to where there's so much political pressure that they're starting to change definitions and, you know, push that, Oh, this is fine. And we should, we should help these people transition. That's best for their mental health. And he's like, no, none of the data says that he's like, yeah, for a very, very small, small, I mean, my new percentage, sometimes transitioning is the best solution for him is it's exceedingly rare.
0: But now it's the it's the number one thing. I'm not surprised they've shunned him because now they don't seem to. Based on anecdotal stories and people, I've also talked to people who've who've detransitioned, and as soon as you say you feel like you might be this other sex, there's the whole system. The machine is now set up to push you along this one path, and there's no questioning that happens about you know, is this really what's happening with me or are there underlying, is there some kind of underlying condition? And as you said, you said that D- uh, Dr. Oren dealt with rapid onset gender dysphoria. That's what we see with a lot of these girls, these biological women who are deciding in their late teens. So it, it rapidly, suddenly in their, in their teenage years, oh, I think I'm trans now. Um It seems to be impacting women more than men. Here's another girl on screen. Mm-hmm. She says today, besides being my 21st birthday is also the day of D trans awareness. I did socially transition for a long time, but after realizing I'm a lesbian, I've found my true self. And then there's a picture of her from 2019 and then 2021. Um, can you go to the, another one Cole? There's, I I'm sorry, I'm going to show just a few of these cause I, I want people to get a sense for how many there were, which I, I think is mm-hmm. great that these girls are starting to come out. Look at this girl on the left. She's got her totally shaved head, um, trying to look a little bit more NB, be what they call non-binary. She says, I let the internet convince me that gender dysphoria equals trans. It turns out gender dysphoria can also be a symptom of just not fitting into society's ideals for femininity and compounded by hating yourself. I am gender non-conforming. I'm not trans. And then you can see her on the right looking totally different.
1: <laughs> yeah and i mean a lot of that i mean you're going through it's always kids in school you're going through school there's constant social struggles that are happening you know like what group do you fit in with bullying um and you know so they're already dealing with it. and i know like i had to deal with this crap with my daughter and these people you mentioned that how they the internet that the, the One girl there, you know, talked about how the Internet pressured her into that stuff. And that's true. And people with uh, children really need to be watching. And it's it's super hard uh, to be watching every minute what your kids are watching online, what they're seeing on YouTube. These people try to communicate all the time with these kids and try to convince them of you know, all this stuff and try to get them to go against their parents, uh, and get them to try to convince them that their parents are racist and homophobic and xenophobic and every little catchphrase. And I had to deal with this stuff. My daughter, we had, she was talking to random strangers online and we shipped to our house. Uh, somebody sent my daughter, uh, what do you call those things? Like the, the bras that like press your breasts in and make it look like they
0: call them binding
1: binding yeah a binder and you know somebody i don't never heard of didn't know and this person is like in their 40s doing this these people are creeps and they're predators and i lost it
0: how Um, old and
1: now i really and it sucks because now i had to and then it's you know some of my daughter's friends are into this stuff and so i hate having to be like no you can't hang out with certain friends you know and so basically my daughter has to be stuck at home a lot of times um and be hanging out with us all the time because you just can't trust this stuff like one of our best friends has major mental issues and stuff and it's like i don't want to keep you away from your best friend but we're kind of having to yeah, because she's all into this stuff and she's you know in a mental hospital right now. Been in and out, and it becomes a thing. We we talked earlier about how, you know, having a mental disability is like a badge of honor for them So, her one friend came home and was home for like a week, and right back in the mental hospital. And it's like, and we just kind of got this vibe that she wanted to be there, like she loved that she because she's constantly posting. Oh yeah, I've got these mental problems and stuff, and. Um
0: there's that that sort of celebration that happens yeah in a in a in a weird way it's it's uh we've gone far beyond just destigmatizing mental health issues to where now i th- I see with kids it's sort of uh like the like the teachers at the sexy summer camp thing that we showed at the beginning. you are celebrated you are viewed as a member of a marginalized group which gives you more power to speak within this social group within social justice, and so I'm not surprised that, that your daughter's friend is bragging about being, almost, you know, yeah. proud of, of having these things that she's dealing with because everyone applauds you. You're it's so brave. You're so strong. Thank you for destigmatizing. Thank you for talking about it. And where's the incentive to get better? If that's there the response it. you're getting.
1: It, there's an incentive to not get better. Uh, like they want you to be, because it's, it's, it's creepy. It, it's like a, all this stuff is grooming.
0: It is grooming.
1: And they're trying to groom these kids. And you'll see, that's why I always see a lot of these people they are doing this stuff. They ended up being like caught with child porn and all this stuff and going to jail because they're predators. And, and then the woke always just try to brush off like, Oh no, nah, that's just an outlier. You can't judge, you know, one person like, yeah, that's true. You can't judge like a, you know, small percentage of people you can't judge the whole based on a small percentage but i mean look at what you're defending and trying to brush away and it's, it's yeah it's creepy
0: They try and say that these, these girls that we're looking at, this is why I think this hashtag was so powerful because they do try to write them off as outliers and they do get shunned from their social circles and people stop talking to them. And, but if you go on YouTube and you look up detransition stories, it may take you a while to find it now because the algorithms are such that they bury things, but you will Mm -hmm. find tons of these girls. This one on screen, this is Helena. Uh, you guys may remember if you're watching, I got to interview her uh which it was a really great interview in depth about her experience how she fell into gender ideology and like a lot of these girls she was young she was preteen she found it online and in school and she was celebrated here she says uh when i was 15 lonely and hated my body i got sucked into gender ideology online my school encouraged me and I was easily prescribed a high dose of testosterone at 18, and it was very damaging. This is not rare. And yep. then this is she says, "This is me at 19, trans. You can see a picture of there looking like a boy." And then this is her now. This is me at 23, with a kitty cat, <laughs> um, looking much happier. Like the, these pictures yeah. are are kind of stunning to look through and see i know you can play with things you can find a picture of yourself not looking so happy from back then yeah. you can find one where you look happy now but i do think there's some real freedom that you can see in her eyes like that actual joy of being more confident with who she is
1: yeah and there's there's nothing wrong i mean you know you think you've got to be like the the, the super pretty girl and have you know there are certain standards that You know, they try to push down in school and stuff like, oh, you got to be super thin. You got to be the hot girl and all this stuff. And um, you don't have to be any of that. You can be different. And there's Mm -hmm. nothing wrong with that. And it's been different people throughout history that have caused major change uh, for the better. But they weren't give because they were different because they weren't giving in to social pressures, and this is the opposite. They're absolutely giving in to social pressures or you know social contagion. I mean, with my daughter, like once we would cut off uh, her from certain friends, she was instantly happier, not talking back, was you know doing her homework without a fight, and wanted you know to help out. And, and then soon as she would somehow, you know, get back in touch with her friends because technology, the way it is, you know, it's super hard to stop. Yeah. Uh, and then, you know, she goes right back. You know, she talks to her friends for like 10 minutes. And it's like instant back to having to deal with all this stuff again and her being miserable and, you know, everybody hates me and all this stuff. It's,
0: that's what those, the studies are showing. So if you look at studies about depression and anxiety among kids, it's, it's skyrocketed the past two years, which I think has a lot to do with lockdowns and with what's been happening with school closures and, you know, mask wearing and a lot of the policies that came out of COVID. But before that, even before that it was climbing and, people have pointed to the use the overlap in the use of online communities, substituting real life communities and how that has contributed to kids' depression rates. So the more, the more they use things like Instagram and Facebook, the more likely they are to feel depressed and anxious. That sort of keeping up with the Joneses thing, trying to keep up appearances online has really overshadowed when, you know, when you and I were kids, it was just, it was just, we, we only had to deal with the real world in terms of social status and that whole mean girls culture or what have you. And now it's like, you can't escape it. You leave school and you're still in this online world with all of the people, you know, there with the social circle and you're still in that, uh, that universe, yeah. that sort of climbing thing.
1: Yeah. Cause uh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, you get out of before, like you get out of high school, you know, and you go to college or whatever, and then you realize like, wait, like, none of this stuff ever really mattered. Yeah. You know, like you always thought, like, you know, you do something embarrassing, like, oh, my life's over. Everybody's going to make fun of me at school. It's never going to end. And then you get out and realize how, you know, kind of meaningless all that stuff was. Yeah. You know, like, oh, this isn't how real life is. People don't really act like this. It's all childish. I'm more mature. You know, everybody you hang out with is more mature. You don't get that. They don't get that opportunity anymore. Yeah. it it never ends. It's just how, nonstop, like, school.
0: How old is your daughter?
1: She is 12.
0: Wow. Okay. And it's already like that a little. Wow.
1: Well, oh, I guess that it, makes sense. It's been like happening. Sixth grade. It's been happening since she was, like, nine, eight or nine. Wow. You know, and there's so much more to it. Um, but it's, it's, I mean, it's absolutely insane.
0: I'm going to just do one more of these. And again, I encourage you guys, if you're on Twitter to look through this hashtag, cause there's tons of these stories. This is Allie. She says, hi, I'm Allie. And I started taking testosterone at 18 because I was tired of not fitting in with other girls. So I thought I'd make a better man instead <sighs> and autism, autism diagnosis later. And it all makes sense now. And then you can see her there when she was trans and you can see her now. And that one, thank you for putting that one up, Call. I wanted to highlight that one because there's also been, people are talking about this overlap that's also happening between these girls who are experiencing what they're calling um, uh, rapid onset or late onset gender dysphoria and autism. And and that's an example of one of those things that nobody's looking at what else could be explained. They don't these want to, there's pressured
1: not to, to even look at it, you know, would make you a pariah. And that's, yeah. that's, so dangerous. People don't don't look at like okay, what's happening now? Like, well, it's just people trying to find themselves. Like, what's going to happen later? You allow this stuff to invade uh, these institutions. Where, where is it going to end? Mm-hmm. You know, is it then also? I mean, this all this stuff is just dividing people. It is. You know, I mean, we we brought literally brought back segregation. Something that was absolutely awful to do. And these uh, woke groups are trying to all bring it back like it's something good. Like, no, we need to have spaces for whites and blacks and Latinos and all this stuff. And, you know, the nonsense Mm -hmm. like the Latinx stuff, yet no Latinos like it. But it's, you know, lefties, you know, woke lefties that are trying to shove it down their throat. And it's like they're trying to destroy their language. It's, it's a, it's a romance language. It's got, you know, words that are feminine and words that are masculine and they're trying to take it away and put it, you know, something like you're trying to destroy their language. Like you destroy somebody's language, you're destroying their culture.
0: Yes. And I do think they're trying, there's a conscious effort to keep us separate and warring and bickering. I mean, for example, in the last couple of years, this is something I keep coming back to is they did such a good job. I mean, they, they, the media keeps us polarized and divided on many issues, including race, including all of these different identity groups. They're telling us, you know, is now so important, but one of the things they did in the past two years was they kept us divided over the COVID policies. It was like, are you pro mandate, are you anti-mandate? Are you pro-lockdown? Anti-lockdown? And they tried to make it a they tried to tie it to an existing tribalism that they've already stoked, like the right-left tribalism. And what we what that's done is we're now in a place where I no longer think I don't know if we're ever gonna see any accountability for COVID's even, you know, possibly having escaped from the lab. They did such a good job of distracting oh, us. Not, yeah, there's
1: going to be none. Yeah. I, you, I mean, the the writing is all over the wall. The proof is right there in your face. Um, and nothing's going to happen with it. People are just going to, oh, let's just forget about it. You know, yeah. we, we were just like we were saying, oh, well, well, we were following the science. We were doing what we thought was right at the time. Yeah. And I just and I don't know if this is true. I, I saw it. That was somebody shared the post. Um, and I haven't really looked into it, but read something about that even pre-pandemic when they initially thought this whole thing started um in the UK they were going through blood samples from like September to November of 2019 and finding that they had uh the uh the covid uh what do you call the antibodies in their blood already
0: oh, yes Yes, I've seen so that. So
1: this stuff like it was already lost. Like this stuff was out there there's nothing we could do about it and it was just two years of destroying communities, destroying businesses, destroying economies, uh dividing people uh over power grabs.
0: Yeah. Um can you, I, before we get down, I might wanna talk about COVID a little bit later, but before we get on that path, cause now my mind is like opening to a bunch of that stuff, but I do wanna hit yeah. on this this first topic here in Texas. I think, that, I think that we might become a battleground for some of the culture issues and specifically the culture issues around the CRT part of social justice and around this gender ideology part of, of social justice because our governor Abbott, um he's running for re-election he's gonna he just won well actually i think i think he's got he's become was he forced into a runoff no no he did win he won the primary yeah i thought he won yeah he did it's the uh it's the lieutenant governor's race that's forced into a runoff but so abbott's running for re-election and he's been uh becoming more i would say he's like one of these politicians who sort of goes with where the wind is going Mm -hmm. um so So to appeal to his conservative base, I think he's been a little bit more forceful and uh, uh, looking like someone who has conviction, whether he does or not, I'm not sure. But he's been pushing back on critical race theory and also on this uh, gender gender surgery, uh, uh, what they call gender affirming care. But what we're really talking about is hormones for kids, hormone treatment for kids, and in some cases, mastectomies for kids as young as 12. Um, can you pull up this article Cole, about the Texas lawsuit? I just want to talk about what's happening here. There's a few different lawsuits that are now making their way through the courts. So in Texas, he basically said this is child abuse. Um, if you are giving kids, yeah. If you're giving kids hormone treatment, or you're performing surgeries on them and removing body parts. Kids are not old enough to consent to this and it's, it should be considered child abuse under existing law and we're going to treat it as such. And so after, as a result, he's also telling people that he wants them now to report just like you would any other kind of child abuse. If you know of a doctor or, you know, of a parent who is, uh, Uh, engaging in this with children who is using puberty blockers on kids or is performing surgery on kids gender affirming surgery on kids to report them and so as a result it's become I think we're going to become a battleground for this issue so this is a CNN piece I'll just read a little bit of it then we can talk about it Texas files lawsuit over federal guidance that highlighted protections for pediatric gender-affirming care this is from CNN Um, Texas Attorney General Ken Paxton announced Wednesday he is suing the Biden administration over guidance from federal health officials that conflicts with his legal opinion that gender-affirming procedures in children should be considered child abuse. Do you notice, Greg, how even in this first paragraph, they do so much with language to tell us what to think about things. They're using this phrase, gender-affirming procedures, and they're not putting quotes around it. They're putting quotes around child abuse do you see that yeah like that tells you everything
1: no, I mean, it's cnn what do you expect these aren't <laughs> journalism I... has long been dead <laughs> it's like, these are just activists um but yeah i mean it's and you people need to be i think people's eyes are being much more open like open to this stuff i mean fox news like um not to get onto the ukraine thing at all but just as an example um the journalist that unfortunately was killed and uh used to be a new york times journalist that was recently killed in ukraine and fox news like right up you know headline russians kill this journalist but then in the video if you watch it it's like they're saying like it sounds like it was Ukrainians that killed him probably by accident. I would assume, Um, but, or maybe not because like they were in an area that was all controlled by Ukrainians. Like the Russians really weren't there. And so where this person was like, why would they have been killed by Russians? You know, and even I think they were on video saying like, this is a, you know, this is controlled by the Ukrainians, you know, Russians don't have any hold here. Uh, And yet, the the title right from fox news is you know but what would you expect from fox news who is pushing you know they became the you know the huge news agency that they are because of all the lies that they're pushing about the iraq war
0: yeah cnn too i remember at the time they're no different when it comes to war they're both they'll both push it i've i've just been waiting for the dust to settle on the russia ukraine situation because there's so many fake news stories coming out oh. of mainstream news and they're having to retract them daily. And so I'm like, I'm like not even looking at it right now. I'm waiting to see. Yeah, that's maybe- I'm
1: kind of back off. It's like, I don't know, yeah. you know like, I don't like Russia, but I, I and Russia's corrupt and, but Putin's very smart. Yeah. Uh, and so you gotta put that into consideration of what he's doing, you know, and I don't think he's got ever really has good intentions. But Ukraine, I mean, that's where Hunter Biden had his Phil Burisma deal that uh, our now president pushed, uh, basically held out money until they fired the one guy that was uh, looking into the Burisma stuff.
0: That's you know, one that of-
1: makes you think. They also have chemical weapons facilities That they're, you know, trying to say, oh, those were around when Russia was there, like thirty years, and you, you're, you still got them. Come on.
0: Yeah. That's one of those stories, by the way. Hunter Biden. If you talk about the Hunter Biden in Ukraine, our video might get pulled. So. (laughs) <laughs> we could do it we could do a special a special yeah. one on uh although now i think they've backtracked and you can talk about it again there's all they're always updating what's what will you get banned for and then they end up accepting it and saying okay now you can discuss this thing it's crazy <laughs> uh i'm just gonna read a little bit, bit more, more of this man. this article about texas the lawsuit okay so paxton ken paxton's February legal opinion, which was seen by many as an attack on transgender children, prompted Texas Governor Greg Abbott to direct the state's Department of Family and Protective Services to investigate instances of those procedures. On March 2nd, the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services released guidance saying that health care providers who report families seeking, quote, now they don't put this in quotes, but it should be in quotes, gender affirming care or refuse to provide treatment may be violating federal law. Families who believe their child has been denied gender affirming care can file a complaint with the department's office for civil rights. The guidance said they're trying the federal government here under Biden, they're trying to codify child abuse, like medical child abuse under law and say, it's protected that it's a civil right to do this to your kids. That your kid has the ability at 12 to decide that they're born into the quote unquote wrong body. And that the best way to handle that is to, is to do permanent life altering medical procedures and sometimes surgeries, you know, removing their breasts, removing their penis and they're calling yeah. these things because they don't like us they don't like us using the words castration they don't like us using the word uh mastectomy so they're calling all of this gender affirming care that's protected under the Office for Civil Rights um Texas disagrees and and so yeah now good
1: on Texas
0: yeah so now there's this this lawsuit it says uh HHS secretary has uh, added in a statement that the HHS will take immediate action if needed. In its federal court filing Wednesday, Texas argued federal protections over care for transgender youth are, a quote, erroneous interpretation of federal law, and said the guidance threatens state agencies with losing funding if they don't abide by the HHS's misinterpretation of their obligations under the law, quote, Now, this is from Texas, quote, the federal government does not have the authority to govern the medical profession and set family policies, including what may constitute child abuse in state family law courts, Paxton said in a statement. It's time for the Biden administration to quit forcing their political agenda, he added. The new complaint was added into an existing lawsuit the state filed last year. Over June guidance from the Equal Employment Opportunity Commission that states employers must allow employees to use bathrooms and dress in accordance with their gender identity. Texas is seeking declaratory and injunctive relief against having to enforce both federal guidances. So there has not been a ruling yet on this case. That's just one of the lawsuits here. Um, but there are yeah, also and- now. Go ahead.
1: I was just say, and the scariest thing about bringing this stuff to the courts is the court all the court packing and uh, so many activist judges we have in high positions, a lot of this stuff doesn't succeed when it should because you have judges that don't give a lick about the constitution, don't actually care about you know what's really going on. They just want to push a political agenda and will say uh, some of the craziest things to justify it. That has no, no legal, uh, standing whatsoever, but they're judged. They can do whatever they want.
0: Right. I just want to highlight something from chat. <laughs> Did you see this? Steven says, but we should or shouldn't snip our pets.
1: <laughs> well, I, I have one pet in mind that, you know, might be a candidate. I'm not naming names or anything. Tiger. <laughs> Something in <to throw.
0: laughs> You you got here late, so we didn't even get I didn't even get to show you Tiger today. He's like king of the no, castle. My, here. my contract
1: clearly states I will have no contact with Tiger and I will not see <laughs> him. Can we I told you I will go Jack Murphy on you.
0: No heartfelt, n- heartfelt no. <laughs> I'm not even going there. No. <laughs> I uh, I do want to tell people, though, this is Greg Wilson. He is my guest host for today. And we do have a contest we didn't get to talk about at the beginning. Oh, yes. We can talk about this now. We can take it down a notch. Cole, you can take that off screen. So we are... Uh, I'm trying to figure out a name for this new channel for the live show. And today we called it Kerfefe Break, which is kind of a funny, silly pun. <laughs> and I, I, I might... Like Thank you Pirate for the name. I might have to keep that name. I'm not sure, but if you have a better name and you want to send it to me, you can leave a comment. Where should we do this? You can leave a comment on this video. How about that? Come up with a name and we'll give it a week and we're going to have a contest and if it's a good name and and it works for the show for the live. This is just for the live like hanging out, talking about the news, talking about each other's lives. It's for this show. If you if we pick your name, Greg has an amazing gift for you for the contest winner. Do you want to tell yeah. people what it is?
1: Um, well they did, uh, you know, I already talked that I was a magical sec, uh, sex uh, worker, but no, I'm just joking. Um,
0: <laughs> no, see your humor. Like, magical pleasure
1: is... worker. That's what it is. Sorry. <laughs> no. uh, no, I, so I, on the side as, uh, something I like to do to kind of, you know, Get away from things. I like to make knives, um, so I thought it'd be cool as a prize that you'll get your own custom knife, the kind of knife that you want. Um, I'll show you a few. I've given away a ton that I've already made. Um, if you like big, oh my gosh, I've got a,
0: what is that?
1: My, I just wanted to have a huge camp cleaver that could just do all sorts of stuff. So I wanted it to be really rough and barbaric looking. Um, so. Wow! Um, uh This is actually one to help my cousin make. He just he wanted it to be all tiny and got the that's fancy cool. Yeah,
0: that's made like a,
1: a fantasy
0: blade. I could see it's like an elf. An elf would carry that.
1: Yeah, this one actually I make. You'll get a sheath too. I make the sheath. Uh, so there's one I help my cousin make as well. Carbon <laughs> fiber that's made out of Damascus.
0: Wait, can I see the blade on that one?
1: Yeah, let me see if I can get it closer. Oh yeah.
0: You make beautiful knives. What if what if I pick and a name that I made come for my up
1: knife, with. My wife. Not my knife. Uh, so this one I'm working on. Got a little bit of cleaning up to do on it. But so essentially you You're gonna say, uh, pick your style and everything and we'll make it totally custom for you. Uh and you'll know, give you a sheath and everything the handles i make the handles so you can go with exotic woods and stuff i got a bunch of exotic woods i even have uh must have given it away already like i have bogwood that's like thousands of years old from ireland and stuff that's all it's really beautiful black uh bodwood or like this this knife this handle is made out of epoxy i made i made this handle um did the epoxy and everything and i've got all sorts of different colors and all sorts of stuff Uh, i can etch it i've got an electric etcher so you actually can like it's etched into the blade or whatever if you want to have your name or you know piece of art or something on it we can do that too so it's it true personalization a knife that nobody else have or even if you just want to you know a nice kitchen knife or something um
0: Greg, Pirate yeah. Tomsky gave us a super chat. Thank you, Pirate. We do have super chats now. We just got monetized. Pirate says, oh, a game of knifey spoonsies, I see.
1: Spoonies. <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, and then Becky asks, or BS asks, do you sell these anywhere?
1: Um, I don't. And I mean, you can message me if you want something. I'm The reason I haven't really sold it, and I've mostly just given them away, is because it's it's like my escape hobby. And if I start selling them, then I, I feel like it will lose its charm because it then I feel like, oh, job. I got to get this done. Because if I make a knife, now in this contest, obviously, I'll make it how you want it. Um, but I usually, I like to make the knives that I want to make or I want to experiment with or if I haven't done a certain style. Because like my dad wanted wants a dagger. Um, yeah. And I already made him one, as a test, um, because they have really hard bevels. Cause you got, you got four bevels you got to do and get those lined up in their pain. But I want to make one because I've never made one before. And the experience one turned out like perfect, which I was not expecting to, but the next one, I do like hidden and tang and want to have, you know, the pommel and stuff like an animal face and stuff on it. Um, yeah, exactly. So, yeah, Teresa, you know, it's like knitting. I don't want it to be work. Um, but I also enjoy making them for people. Uh, so, you know, if you if you want one, you'll message me. We can work something out or something. Um, but for the.
0: And where can they message you? Um, you just, uh, you
1: know, I got my Facebook page. It's Greg, you know, Greg you guys, Wilson.
0: You guys will uh, find him on Facebook because he's not on Twitter. And he's Tigers number one fan he's the president of the tiger fan club Sorry, that is a lie <laughs> Don't trust
1: <me. laughs> uh, um yeah yeah. Uh, yeah facebook or so my instagram which i'm really terrible about posting on uh is just at dreadcraft d-r-e-r-e-a-d-k-r-a-f-t because i like horror movies and stuff so I thought Dreadcraft sounded cool. I don't know if I'm going to keep that name, but. Maybe um.
0: Cole or Pirate can grab that Instagram and put it in the chat for us, one of you guys. Instagram Dreadcraft, so you can check out more of his knives. Well, thank you so much. It's so, what a cool contest. Again, if you guys want to help us pick the name for this live show, I'm temporarily calling it Curfrafe Break. And if you come up with a better name, then you win. You get one of greg's custom-made knives he'll make it for you how amazing is that so good luck you can put it in the comments on this video and we'll go through and look you've got a week to come up with a name um but I've, i really appreciate you doing that
1: oh yeah my pleasure
0: yeah so to get back to the previous topic one of the things that i see coming out of this so I've been thinking a lot about Texas. I think Texas is gonna become a cultural flashpoint for a lot of these issues. And I've already seen it sort of happening online. And there's a couple of Facebook groups I'm in for parents of transgender kids, just to kind of see what they're teaching these parents and what they're telling them to do. And it's it's what you expect, Greg. It's like, it's an orthodoxy. As soon as they come into the group, it's like a cult. They get told, this is the language, this is the way to act. This is the way to treat the situation and can't question it. Don't question God it, forbid. et cetera. And I've seen a lot of those parents in that group. They're very alarmed about the the Texas direction uh, from Ken Paxton and the, and the governor. And now they're talking about, there are people in the group who are saying, we're leaving Texas. We're going to move away. There are other parents in the group. Now, I don't know if they're we're really, if they're just saying this for shock value or not, but there were other parents in the group saying they're marking Texas off of their list of places to move. And I get pretty Passionate about this, I'm like good. I mean, honestly, if yeah. you if you want to abuse your child through the medical establishment, then move somewhere else to do it. Because if you're in this state, yes, you should be reported. Like a furnace, like
1: a really hot furnace. What do you mean? Huh? What oh, do you mean? I mean. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Which also could be Texas. It's pretty hot furnace too, but.
0: It is a pretty hot furnace, yes. See, sometimes over my head, (laughs) I thought you were about to say something about like the fire of a thousand suns, you know, that's how much this bothers me. (laughs) Because it does. uh, I saw uh, David Raboy on Twitter was talking about this, about, about parents who want to, be a part of this and to push their kids into transitioning when they're still children medically transitioning. And he was saying, you know, this is death penalty stuff. And he got a lot of flack for that tweet and it got taken down. And I don't necessarily agree with him. I have mixed feelings about the death penalty, about the government coming in and, and yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm more
1: sided against the death penalty, but for this one, give it a pass.
0: Yeah. that's I kind of am, I I understand the emotion there and I understand the inclination to behind what he, the inclination to want to hold these parents accountable to the highest degree possible. I get that because it is child abuse. And just because we're living through a time where culturally we've started to accept a lot of this. We started to accept this language. Our media is using terms like gender affirming care, not in quote, not in scare quotes, and then using child abuse in scare quotes. And all of that has an impact on people, even on me reading it, where you're sort of, you're inundated with it. And you start to forget the fact that this is these are kids like this is mutilation. When you see the photos of these girls, some of the girls who are getting this surgery now, what they call top surgery again, because they don't want to say mastectomies, they're removing not just the breast, but for the for the girls who say that they're non binary, they're doing this new surgery where they don't, they don't leave the nipples. They take off the breasts and the nipple and to see some of those photos and these girls like posting these saying, you know, I've never been happier and they look traumatized by it. Um, it, it, it should, I think it should instinctually bring out rage in you. I I think that's a natural reaction I mean Look at what
1: happened in Loudoun County in Virginia. Massively, uh, liberal area and they raged against the school board. The school board was literally hiding a rapist that was transgender because they didn't want the politics to look bad because they were trying to push all these new uh, gender affirming uh, policies out. And the parents found out about them. And that's why they're, you know, you look at all these school board videos and stuff where parents, they're trying to arrest parents and stuff, not let them them in to talk and everything, which is completely illegal. And look what happened in Virginia. We got a, you know, Virginia was basically lost. It became, and that's where I live. uh, It became a, it was no longer purple. It was a solid blue state.
0: What happened there?
1: The the Loudoun County School Boards, there was a a boy, and this this goes to like you know being able to access, you know, bathrooms and everything. And there was this boy that, you know, pretended to be a woman and would go in the bathroom and he raped a girl. And apparently he was transferred from another school, I believe, because he allegedly raped a girl over there. And they uh, would say, oh, no, we can't talk about it because there's an ongoing investigation, which ended up kind of being a lie because they knew about it. They didn't warn the parents about it. Um, and they, the kid was, like, already charged and everything, so there wasn't an ongoing investigation anymore. And the parents found out and were furious, and they recalled some school board members, I believe, um, resigned or whatever over it. Uh, I can't remember exactly all the details, but it, it started this huge issue that ended up uh, getting Youngkin Ken elected.
0: Elected. Yes. And
1: in like, and it happened from a liberal area. So like when people are liberal, this wokeness stuff doesn't even really identify with most liberals. I don't think once they s- start to actually experience the reality and kind of instead of sitting in an ivory tower, you know, or sitting behind a keyboard and, you know, just yelling at, oh, you know, we got to respect these people and all this stuff, but then all of a sudden what's happening to their kids, they're like, holy shit,
0: Well, we can't allow this. I did follow the Loudoun County stuff. And, and I guess when I was asking what happened there, I thank you for, for anybody who doesn't know for recapping that, but I'm also asking you what happened to Virginia? You said it went from being purple to blue, has there been a mass migration like into virginia the way they're it's like i
1: mean happening? it's the the size of the government has been growing um northern virginia is very far left always has been but it's growing and growing so south like southern areas of virginia where i live is pretty conservative for the most part um but those votes hold on Farley, stop it uh that it just, you know, you could vote overwhelmingly in s- Southern Virginia and just get destroyed, anyways, because of Northern Virginia, like Fairfax County and all that, Loudoun County, and um, so it's, you know, we used to have a uh, God, what, the the one uh, Republican governor uh, that was doing the taking bribes. Well, his wife was taking bribes and he had to um, basically ended his political career. Mm-hmm. Um, but after that, you know, we we had uh, two uh, lefty uh, governors and it's just the, the state has shifted more and more left. And you look at the elections and stuff. Uh, in northern Virginia, it's just all all left.
0: Yeah. Alyssa Kay says Northern Virginia is heavily infected by DC. Is it, is that part of it? Is that the proximity? Okay.
1: Yeah. Oh, it's yeah.
0: I, I can understand that because, well, we're seeing two things happening in Texas. I think there is this migration of people coming in from California. And I understand some of those are cultural refugees and they're they, they are not blue. They're coming here to escape what's happening in that state. And they, they also, they recognize they they can connect policy to consequences. But then the other thing that's happening is Austin and that proximity to Austin, all of the neighboring uh, towns like mine were getting a lot of overflow because now, because of the migration from California into Austin, you're getting Austinites who are woke, who are part of this uh, hegemony, this sort of this orthodoxy, they're moving out into the neighboring towns and they're, williamson county where i'm at went blue in the last election which was unusual and it's starting to have an effect so i i I guess i can understand that being close to dc you kind of you get some of that ideology coming in
1: yeah and there's just so much government here i mean there's so many bases uh so many gs uh workers and everything and you get in that field and you know you're heavily relying on the government so you're going to you know, push for the, you know, the powers to be and, you know, the left. Well, fortunately, when your government left, uh, your, your job is a lot more safe under a, uh, you know, Democrat administration, because they want to increase the power of government and take it away from contractors and stuff. And, uh, so that's why it's kind of gotten bigger and bigger and pushed you know, further south and stuff and taking over more of Virginia. But then there was a big pushback. They start seeing, well, hold, hold on. I'd be for it fine until they started messing with my kids. And then they kind of wake up and it's like, this is more of a cultural thing that we got to push back on. And, you know, maybe someday we can go back to just having, you know, discussions about, the proper place of government and funding and the economy and all that what what works best you know less or more government to keep the economy going and create jobs and stuff god that'd be great to go back and have those discussions but the real issue is the cultural stuff and that's i think is what's going to destroy the uh, democrat party um unfortunately we got the republican party that has the uh, amazing ability to uh, destroy itself as well and always uh, snatch defeat from the jaws of victory because as soon as they start winning they feel bad about it and want to capitulate um and so i just we'll see we'll see how long it goes but i i don't really have a whole lot of faith in the republican party either oh, I,
0: I don't either and are you you're not even a republican are you
1: i mean i vote republican mm-hmm. but i mean i'm i guess more classically liberal mm-hmm. uh in a sense um we I don't are, even know how to define it anymore. Yeah. <laughs> Everything's so blurred now.
0: Yeah, uh, it's so it's so blurred, and I'm sure you, like me, get called a right winger, and I'm like, when did that happen? It's just I, I am yeah. I'm at the point now where I think we as humans try and and um, come up with with ways to uh, not shortcuts not the right word. What am I what word am I looking for? We try and come up with easier ways to guess. Uh, what someone's beliefs are going to be. And unfortunately, they've done such a good job of trying to tie this authoritarianism and individualism thing to blue and red, that now yeah. I just kind of shorthanded a little bit. And I'm like, Okay, if you guys are voting blue, I don't care what your reasons are, I'm you're voting for authoritarianism at this point in history. And it yeah. doesn't mean that I think red is better. It's just those things have, the media has tied tied it to that right, left, dichotomy and people are who are tribalistic are voting that way. Yeah. Does that make sense?
1: No, no, I in mean, kind of in the same boat as, you know, and I think somebody that's already disappeared, in the comments are saying it's kind of like the lesser of two evils, you know, voting yeah. Republican, and it's kind of Yeah, that's kind of what it is. Because um, yeah. they suck too, but just not as bad. Uh,
0: <laughs> I'll fight you naked for $2 says don't cults remove your privates as a rule. Some of them did Heaven's Gate did finn's gate i don't know if people know this they they i think they're really interesting well, that part. was
1: the hail bob comet one right the, yes okay they, and they they Were they were nikes <laughs> yes. yes
0: they all put on nikes they all put on the same outfit they were a really interesting cult for a number of reasons one because they managed to survive for decades and they kept changing what they said was going to happen so it would be like well, the, we're going to get taken up and, you know, in a spaceship and this is going to, and that wouldn't happen. And they would say, well, what actually is going to happen is then, you know, this comet's going to come. And they kept pushing the date back and pushing things back. And, but people stayed in it. They'd survived for decades. And they also had a very, uh, I think average high, pretty high IQ of people who were in this cult. So it dispels the notion that, that intelligent people can't get pulled into cultish beliefs. Of course they can. And they might, oh,
1: it's, it's a lot of times it's some, it's, more intelligent people get pulled into this stuff. Um, Why do you usually, think? I think because um, when you're highly intelligent, and this is, you know, not based on any super concrete thing, uh, but I think you're usually more of like a social pariah, like in a sense, like you're kind of an outlier. You're a little bit more awkward because you th- see things differently, and uh, you find a group. And, but you're, you, because you're more socially awkward and stuff, I think you, you'll latch onto something that you feel will, you know, accept you. And, you know, that kind of, as a family and stuff, So these cults um, are very, I mean, they're very manipulative. And uh, certain, some of these people, I mean, they've been doing it for so long that they know the right things to say to take advantage of people. Um, Because I've known, you know, like, working with engineers and stuff ridiculously smart people i mean amazing the stuff that they can do uh you know make it you know doing robotics and all this stuff but then you try to you know bring them out like to the bar or something they're super awkward don't know what to do and they just go along with whatever because they that they don't know how to think for themselves in that realm like they they're kind of like a one-track mind
0: in a sense it's really interesting, because that's something I, I, I've i definitely seen that I've seen some very highly intelligent people, friends of mine from science and math school, some of them who work for, I mean, they're brilliant engineers work for places like Google and Snapchat, but they get pulled into this cultish woke ideology and something that is nonsensical and doesn't make sense. And they're so intelligent, but it's, it's, it's like you said, it's sort of highly focused in this one, um, incredibly highly skilled area and then maybe they're socially lacking or they're lacking in confidence in these other places and they're more willing to just go along with the social circle to try to fit in that's the way i've tried to understand it is yeah it's seeing it like that but that's what these you know the, the the number one story we've been talking about today the gender ideology and and kids stuff they pray this ideology preys on kids who are outsiders kids mm-hmm. who are autistic a lot of them
1: are very smart kids like, they're not stupid yeah. They're very. I mean, a lot of times they're 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 very artistic uh, minded. They're very creative. Uh, you know, seeing a lot of the artwork and stuff they do is incredible. You know, these people have great skills, great talent, and stuff, and are being taken advantage of, and then become like monsters. Mm-hmm. And it's really sad. Um, and they need to have that pushback. And it's so hard. I think now um, that. You, you get like you push back so hard against this stuff that you kind of forget about the humanity that's behind it. And when these people um, like trying to get these people the right help instead of just seeing them constantly as the enemy. I mean, even these people that are grooming and stuff. Well, yeah, um, you can correct jokes and stuff about them and well, horrible things like these are messed up people and need help, too, because wh- what's going on with them? they they need to take advantage of other people to feel good
0: yeah well the in the case of heaven's gate like like i'll fight you naked said they did that was a cult where they did take uh members down to mexico and they were performing castrations so they were turning some of the members into eunuchs they um uh they also gave this is this is another interesting thing they gave people new names so what else is doing that Trans 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 and kids. They're giving you a new name, a new identity. Charles Manson did this. The Manson family cult. He yeah, gave people it. a new name. Yeah. So I think I think there's something there about again, it plays back into the, the social justice ideology and the identity thing, but they're well, literally giving words,
1: you... look at Manson playing with words. Helter Skelter, that was a Beatles thing. hmm And he took that and turned it into something awful.
0: Yeah.
1: You know. And uh like the, and this happens to both sides. Uh the Moonies, the Republicans loved uh the, the Moonies because they they had I don't money know and power.
0: So, I don't know so much about the Moonies. Can you tell me about them? Uh
1: they were I can't, um what state they're in, um, but they're they were right next to a certain college campus and uh it's been a while, but I know that they owned a lot of properties and were heavily in the in the conservative community because they had all this money and power and wanted this, the same thing. So they were taking advantage of a lot of politicians. There was uh, um, God, what's the there's a podcaster that um, has um, an individual on names are just escaping me now that. Mm-hmm has direct experience with this stuff and knows a lot um gosh, it's going to come to me here later but they uh they would do all sorts of recruiting and out of the colleges and come talk and when these people would come back to help recruit like they were zombies oh, and doing weird, you know uh they like ba- sleep deprivation and mental torture until it basically Took these people and, you know, formed them into what they wanted,
0: because they're giving you a whole new personality. Listen, I, I'm going to read this to you. I just looked up just to see what does the internet say about the Moonies, the Family Fed. I need to read more about these guys. The Family Federation for World Peace and Unification, wildly known as the Unification Church, is a new religious movement whose members are called Unificationists, sometimes colloquially called the Moonies. Um, And I see here what you're talking about, how they probably did appeal to conservatives because it says they've been controversial for their involvement in politics, which includes the, their strong anti-communist stance.
1: That's what it was. Yeah. And there was, there was a moment, um, that there's like a secret little meeting, like they infiltrated conservatives, Republicans, and, uh, they like declared where the leader of the Moonies like uh, the leader of the world and stuff like uh, <laughs> on the con- like on Congress floor and stuff. Um, I can't remember all the details, but it was something crazy like that. I mean, they were heavily entrenched in the Republican Party.
0: Isn't that amazing how it always you get to that place where with some of the at least with the cults that we that we know of culturally as cults and we all kind of generally accept that they're cults. so they they will have this leader <clears throat> that's one difference with social justice ideology is there's not like just one leader but within these cults whether it's the moonies or the manson family or heaven's gate they have these leaders who become thought they, they think of them as gods almost they put them they elevate them to that position where you can't contradict them. Everything they say is somehow divinely inspired. And it's just all of this faith that they manage to generate that people just give up to them. I would would, if I had to draw an analogy with social justice, I would say, in social justice, they're not giving it to one person, but they're giving it to the ideology itself, which is a real difference.
1: Yeah, the the ideology itself is the God. Mm -hmm. Um, And you know the the various people that are like the big names in the moon are kind of like the uh, the acolytes or the apostles or whatever the apostles. You know? That's and, a good way. Uh, and it's great. I mean, I I don't know. I was thinking about this. Is like, uh, you know, you get authoritative figures, and people will believe all sorts of stuff when people are in authoritative positions. And there's been a study. They made a movie on it. I think um, William Shatner was in it long time ago about this study where they had a test subject in a a room and they said they had electronic probes attached to them and they would ask certain questions or whatever and if they got them wrong they would electrocute the person in the other room and what they did is they just had an actor in the other room like screaming and stuff and nothing was happening Uh, but and they just, every time they would crank up the voltage and the vast majority of people would just keep on going because there was somebody in a lab coat. Telling and, them, And they, and it, it angered the, uh, the site community. Um, and they were trying like, no, this can't be true. And they're, you know, trying to shut it down and everything but they kept on redoing this study and getting the same results. Uh, I can't remember the name of the study. They did a movie, like a um, movie about it. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think there's been two movies about it. One was like about the actual study and like the kind of like a quasi documentary kind of style. Right. Um, and then the other one was, you know, one that I think William Shatner was in like before like Star Trek and all that. Uh
0: I'll have to look that one up, but you know, what you're reminding me of was the, do you remember the fast food rapist from a few years ago? They've, they've turned this into a movie. Um, it, it, this guy, now this wasn't a study. This was a horrible thing that was actually happening, but what, what you could learn from it, from the case is exactly what you're saying here is that people have this sort of deference, this faith that they put in authority figures and some people can be convinced, maybe most people, I don't know, convinced to do horrible things if they think an authority has said it's okay.
1: Yeah. And
0: so this was a guy who was calling, uh, fast food places. And one of the, one of the places he called this, it was made in, it, it was dramatized into a film, but he, he called the place he posed as a cop. And he got one of the managers there to. He told the manager that they were watching the restaurant. The cops were because one of the employees was was stealing from the restaurant, and that he wanted the manager to hold this employee to take her into the back and hold her there until he could come and question her. And so the manager took her into the back room.
1: I remember this.
0: Do you remember that it was. I awesome. kind
1: of do like it, it rings a bell now.
0: So the, over the course of several hours, this cop talked to the manager and to the employee and eventually was able to gain so much trust from this manager that he got the, he got the fast food manager to sexually assault the girl and came up with reasons for why he needed this to happen. And that sounds crazy on its face, but if you go and read the stories about this, this, uh, this, this. I mean, what would you call him a rapist by proxy? If you read the stories, the manager was convinced that this was a police officer. And just it it, it happens by degree. It's not the first thing the police officer told the manager to do it. But but he was working there the whole time. And just what a horrible, uh, accidental, I would say case study into what people will do when they kind of given over that faith to authority.
1: It's almost like you just don't want to believe it. Uh, it, It's so crazy. So uh, Benjamin Janssen, it's a Milgram experiment. Oh, the Milgram experiments.
0: Yes. Yeah. Yes.
1: And it's, you know, you do one experiment stuff. You could, you know, go, well, you know, what about these factors and this? But they've done it again and again and again and Mm -hmm. kind of get the same results. And but then you see what's happened with all this stuff that's going on now. Um, you see it firsthand, like it's basically the same stuff's happening. People are like, oh, the authority figure said this. I'm like, why aren't you questioning that? Yeah. Like, Does this that make authority. sense to you? Like, when you ask simple questions, it's not like, okay, well, let's have a discussion. Like you, you have these questions, are there fair questions, here are the answers. It's, this is why those things are wrong. No, like they, you, we've given so much power to these tech giants no, you can't talk about that. You'll get kicked off the platform or you'll get shadow banned or you'll get a 30-day ban or a three-day ban, you know, because, you know, you can't talk about those that are bad. And it has happened for so long Then it becomes a social contagion where people automatically start to think that, oh, well, if they've been banned and they're saying bad stuff, they're probably racist or something. That's why they're banned. And so I shouldn't listen to them. And so you create, you know, do this othering of people. And those, yeah, obviously there are certain people that are just saying crazy stuff, saying awful things and, you know, but the majority of those people, you know, typically I want to listen to the people that are getting banned and stuff. It's like, well, they're, they're obviously knocking on the door of something and I want to hear it. I don't know if I'm going to agree with it or not, Um, but those discussions should be open and be had. I mean, look what happened to Joe Rogan. Yes. You know.
0: I think that's a. He's contributing a lot to red pilling people because the authority is saying. And he's a something... Bernie
1: supporter. Yeah, I know. <laughs> was I mean, so crazy. They're like, he's all right. And like, no, he's not. He's a pretty big lefty, uh, but he asks questions and he has mm-hmm. these interviews and he'll bring all sorts of people on. He'll
0: and I think a... that's great. And he's just he's just a pot smoking fitness comedian guy. He'll talk to anyone. He's easy to get along with. He's he's charming and he doesn't. So when the authority is calling him some kind of an extremist, and, and when if if normal people have the slightest bit of, of true open mindedness, and they go check him out, they find out the authorities lying to them. That's why I think he's a very effective red pillar. Because he's so yeah. different than what they're calling him.
1: And he doesn't have an intention, at least from what I, I see overtly, like some intention to red pill people, he's just He's just a guy that loves to interview, yeah. like to ask all these questions, and it's it's fun to watch because sometimes he gets sucked into some conspiracy stuff, which is really funny because he just loves to ask questions yes. and sit there and get high and just like, oh man, wow,
0: what? You know, <laughs> when he was on when he had Alex Jones on, that was pretty funny. I'm gonna put one of these. alpha you naked. Gave us another super chat and says show name true anon or what is that? The Facare? I don't know what that is. <laughs> Thank you. Those are not in the running. <laughs> I'm kidding. Uh, thank you very much for those. Are there any others? You guys, thanks for hanging out in chat. Oh, here we go. Pirate Tomsky says, yes, the film that I was talking about is called compliance with the fake cops Thing. It's a really disturbing film, I think. And I like, I like true crime and yeah, I like okay. horror. That's
1: why I remember, I remember hearing about it and I just, I don't, I'm, I've heard it was a really good movie, but it's like, I just don't want to watch, I don't like movies with rape scenes or like yeah. abuse like that. It just makes me feel dirty and then I just was like, eh, you know, it's probably good, Yeah, but I was like, yeah, I just don't.
0: I, I would but say then, if you, you want know, to know. That
1: I'm the guy that goes down and watches I'll spit on your grave, so you yeah. know, like, kind of hypocritical there.
0: <laughs> that's different, that's fiction, you know what I mean? <laughs> But I think if you want to know the facts of that case, there's enough news articles about it. You can just look it up. You don't have to watch that disturbing movie if you don't want to if you don't want to see that. Yeah. Uh, BS says I know several people who are highly intelligent, but have absolutely no common sense and cannot survive without instruction. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's true. That's
1: pretty true. I, I know a number of them.
0: And then Andrew Knapp gives us a super chat. Thank you, Andrew, and says good luck on the new chapter, Carrie thanks
1: yes i've been I've been enjoying uh watching you on like uh the uh, Friday night tights and stuff your appearances with the uh, nerd Rodic crew and uh, Geeks and gamers and, and that's that's the cool thing is it's with this is you kind of get a family you know it comes like a little extended family with these folks they're very supportive uh at least from what I can gather I've, I haven't met any of them or had them on my, my podcast. Um, but I, I do enjoy watching them and they do seem like to be, uh, real nice folks. They're real supportive of each other and kind of, uh, have formed their own little community and everything. They're
0: good guys. And like, genuinely, I think good guys. I've, I've met a couple of them now in real life and they're, I mean, they'll stand up for what they believe in. They're not afraid. And yeah. they yeah. And I like hanging out with them even when I'm not on, like on the show. I like, Hey, that's really the only, sh- I kind of go through stages of what podcasts I've watched. I think everybody probably does. And mm-hmm. so right now I really just watch that one on Friday nights. Cause it does feel, it just feels like hanging out with friends, you know, even if you don't know them, they've all got that fun, like hanging out with the guys vibe and you can just put it on in the background and cook dinner or whatever. And it's, it's yeah. fun. Yeah. I like
1: that. Yeah, that's I I usually I'll, I'll, you know, put it on and listen to it while I'm working or whatever and listen to it in the background or um lately, you know, I like I love horror stuff, so I'd like to listen to horror stories and so I listened to like Scared to Death with Dan Cummings and um his wife and then uh who's a crazy like uh Crystal, you know, using the crystal's kind of thing, lady, but she's it, it's actually really funny. Um but then he does like completely inappropriate show called Time Suck, or or, I mean, uh, no, uh, is we dumb, which is, I also find extremely funny, but
0: I don't know. I'd like to listen to things in the background. What else are you watching right now or listening to? Oh, I got a
1: what's there is let me see.
0: I'll tell you and anybody who watches this show probably knows the other one that I'm watching right now is I'm still hooked on the behavior panel. It'll probably be a while before I, I, I'm not hooked on them anymore. It's four beh- behavior experts, oh. and they just they take different videos. They do a lot of true crime, but not just true crime. They also do politics, and they'll take uh, people's video statements, sometimes interviews with the police, or sometimes like politicians' statements or interviews. And they'll go through and they'll they'll watch part of the video, pause it, and then each behavior expert will tell you kind of here are some things I picked up on and like they're nonverbal cues and things that tell you if they're lying or not. And they're really good experts of, of human what behavior. What is it again? They're called the behavior panel. Oh they're yeah. On I I've
1: watched it a couple of times.
0: Yeah. I like them. It's four dudes.
1: Yeah. I think, uh, the, the, one I was trying to think of earlier, uh, was Eric Hunley, uh, and Mark Gruber, Robert Gruber. Uh he wrote for like national lampoons, I think he still does. Or um but they do a podcast called America's Untold Stories. And uh what's it yeah, Mark Mark Robert's stories are just wild.
0: Okay. And I'll look that one up.
1: Really, really good storytellers, got all sorts of stuff. They've been doing a lot of stuff like covering the whole uh, rough stuff with Alec Baldwin, but then talk about that's where like, I like the Mooney stories and stuff were really cool. Um, he was talking about his uh, Mooney stories. Like they covered like all the ladies of LBJ and like <laughs> LBJ's sexcapades and stuff. What? Yeah.
0: The ladies of LBJ. I didn't even know that was a thing.
1: There, there are wild stories. And yeah, uh, it's it's really interesting to listen to. Uh,
0: is it the, is it called America's Untold Stories? That someone yeah. in chat says. Okay, yeah,
1: America's Untold Stories.
0: I'll look that With one up.
1: Eric Conley and which actually Eric Conley is like thirty minutes from me. Um, surprised, I didn't know that until recently. Um, but then Mark Grober, Grober, whatever. He he's worked in the film industry. Um, he's been in a couple movies and. You know investigative journalist i believe or was but yeah his his, just listening to him is really funny he's just the way he can tell stories and remembers facts and lays them out and he's had a wild life and crazy experiences
0: chernoculus p says lbj was a craptastic individual
1: oh he was an awful person awful person but definitely uh interesting stories about him, for sure.
0: <laughs> so I want to go out on a positive note today. Greg, can you help me? Will you tell me something in your life that's going well or something? That's- uh, yeah.
1: Let's see here. Well, I'm still jeeping. Still love my Jeeps. I've got three Jeeps now. Because, um, you know, in this cult, we do not remove your privates. Just let you know. <laughs> To join the Jeep call. Um, yeah. I've got Did a, you get
0: a new name? I've got
1: a Jeep trail shirt.
0: Uh, do do the Jeepers
1: give you a new name? Oh, I, I mean, I've got a, my wife still think of a name for her Jeep. My Jeep um, right now, because I haven't done the paint job on it that I want to do because I can't figure out the name. But the one I'm stuck on, ready, get ready for it. Okay. Is Judge Tread.
0: Oh, that's good. You got to do that. I like the uh, Yeah.
1: Word my point. other Jeep was sandworm based off the dune uh stuff but now it's like the batmobile because uh i gave it to my brother and uh my brother and cousin are moved in with me until they get uh their own place and everything and he used to paint airplanes so they took my old uh jeep cherokee and painted it black and did like yellow highlights and gray highlights so it looks like old school batmobile batman yeah
0: cool yeah hey,
1: so I- it's pretty cool
0: I just learned something. I had something. a root
1: canal recently.
0: Okay. Is that good news?
1: Yeah, because uh so I was like I had to wait almost two weeks until I could get the appointment. So I never thought in my life I was like excited to have a root canal, but I did. Now I don't feel any nerve pain. It's pretty awesome.
0: Good. Congratulations. <laughs> I'm glad. We just I just learned something new. Dion in chat. Now Dion is the queen of quotes. She's always, whatever I'm talking about, whatever we're we're chatting about on the show or in chat, she has the best quotes. And this is a little known fact. I didn't know this. She says, hey, I'm a Jeep girl. I had two Jeeps and I was a model at car shows for Jeep in the 1980s. How cool is that? That
1: is cool. (laughs) Was it somebody asked if they, oh yeah, G-Man, can we still opt in for the castration if we want to though?
0: wombat hi wombat i haven't seen you in a while she says late to the party take my money good luck with the new show carrie thank you so much lady there's lots of uh knitters hanging out here today
1: Knitter, please
0: <laughs> yes knitter, please knitters <laughs> and jeepers
1: i want a u.s army jeep like the old uh see I'm talking like the old uh, uh what are the old willies um before then they went to cj's i believe Maybe. It's like it was back in the 48 1948 or so I think
0: so I don't pretty, know anything about Jeeps but I don't have to 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 live vicariously through your excitement so whenever you post photos so about
1: when, when I come when I come over down there at some point and visit yeah. I'm going to take my Jeep okay um, and we'll go out and try to find some trails and hit it
0: I would love uh, that So
1: I yeah. am a little upset recently at um at God because this weather a lot of false springs happening lord that I'm a little upset about cuz I went out I got a whole hoist system so I can pull my jeep into my garage and I can uh, lift the uh, the hard top off and take the doors off so I can go out and I, was, I bought it I was already like yeah I'm going to I'm going to take the doors off I'm going to take the top off and be able to really enjoy my jeep because it was 80 degrees when I did it. And mm-hmm. then on Sunday, it snowed.
0: Yeah. It's like that in Virginia right now. It's yeah. it's like that in Texas right now, too. It's seriously, it's like one day it'll be 80, and the next day, 20. I have no idea. It's just going back and forth <laughs> <laughs> in extremes. Mind. So. Actually,
1: I, I blame this on Puxatani Phil. Oh. That's, that's the, that the one thing that uh, uh, de Blasio I supported is when he uh, accidentally dropped and killed uh, a Phil, and they had to replace it.
0: I didn't know about that, Are you, is that, a joke? that?
1: no, he actually did the, He dropped the hedgehog or <laughs> the groundhog not the hedgehog groundhog, <laughs> and like he actually dropped it, and I guess like it ended up like dying later and I'm sorry, later, I'm but, no,
0: <laughs> that's awful oh, it was funny. I'm sorry it was it's <laughs> <laughs> awful. <laughs> it's, it's. Somebody should do a show that's just bloopers of the worst magnitude, like something awful things that are funny because of the social context and the buildup. Where it's like a politician or someone. There was a. There's a big cat rescue place I went to in North Carolina, and uh, this was years ago when I was in school there and they That's had different they had different it was not it was way before Carol, I knew about Carol Baskins Carol Baskin, not Carol they had cats that they had rescued from in some cases from people who illegally owned them and um but in one case they had this i think it was a panther and they told each each cat had a horrible sad story and this one they said was at the Philadelphia zoo and it was depressed and so the zoo did this big uh, introduction they brought in a psycho- a pet psychologist who said that the cat was depressed and they should give it a puppy to love and so they gave it this puppy they made they marketed oh, no. did it did and had it? a and it ate it in front of the crowd <laughs> So yeah so it got sent to the big again that's one of those kind of stories it's just like it's sad it's awful but because of the public marketing campaign and everything around it or like the politician who drops the groundhog you're like this is this is something straight out of curb your enthusiasm
1: anyway oh yeah yeah well there was there was one about a like a penguin they for a promo or something they put like an anime girl up in this like penguin um exhibit or whatever and this one like awkward penguin couldn't ever find a mate because they do whatever you know uh, kind of peacocking stuff to like get a mate and he never could. But then like he did it for this <laughs> anime character that like poster board thing uh, and fell in love with it and they had to keep it there. And then up having like replace it a couple of times or something because, you know, it'd, it'd get beat up and everything. And at one point they had to take it out for like cleaning or something. And the thing like became super depressed. And so they bring it back
0: oh and it became
1: a thing it was really funny
0: that could go in the real this will be our new channel yeah.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> awkward moments caught at ceremonies on anyway on film well thank you greg for hanging out today and thank you yeah. guys for hanging out and chat if just a reminder we do have a locals if you want to find program locals we're going to be picking a date for book club we're reading the real anthony Fauci. Uh, we do have a subscribe star and a Patreon and you don't have to double subscribe if you want to be in the locals, just drop me a note there and we'll grandfather you in if you're already a subscriber. We also have a contest. Thanks to Greg. We're going to come up with a name yep. for this live show made. you can get your custom-made knife, beautiful knives. If you didn't see them, can you show me that big one? Just one more time. That was crazy. Cleaner? Yes. <laughs> that one's crazy.
1: I haven't <laughs> put an edge on it yet. So I actually use, so I do a big thing at Halloween and I actually used it during Halloween.
0: Those oh, are amazing. But if you guys want to get one of these knives, help us come up with a name for the live show. So this is the live show where we hang out and talk about world events and what's going on in our lives, Mondays and Fridays. On Fridays, we have more guests. Um, I'm currently calling it Creffy Break, thanks to Pirate Tosky. But uh, if you come up with a better name than that and we use it, You get a knife from Greg. So put it in the comments. And thank you guys for tuning in. Have a thanks for having me. Yeah. I love having you.